Hello and welcome to Legends of the Wind. I'm Jerry Shank. Thanks for being with us today. Here at Legends of the Wind, we want to give you magical stories that enlighten your eyes for you to discover your identity and destiny. We want to equip you with experiences and storytelling that will give you a kick in the butt to face your challenges. In today's episode, we get to listen to a powerful story called The Storm Dragon. It's about a little girl on vacation in the mountains and must face a terrible storm of intimidation. I think you'll really like it. No matter how small you seem and how big your circumstances of fear are, there is still the opportunity to see into the deep and find your hidden treasures. After we present the legend, we get to discuss it with our guest and learn more about our life in this story. I wrote this story many years ago for a little girl named Bethany in a church class of many elementary kids that met on Wednesday evenings in Northridge, California. I was working with teacher Linda LaRue, and we were using these prophetic stories to speak to the kids' hearts. It was a special and important time where I got to connect with the kids and really father them. When I did this volunteer work, I got to discover my authentic voice, fathering through film. Bethany at the time was a lovely young little girl, but I remember her having a spirit of courage and wisdom in her. Facing our fears is tough. I know I've had to do things afraid when I was shaking in my boots. Every time I had to take on a new challenge and do something new, something I've never done before, I admit I get afraid and nervous. I'm sure you can relate, but what makes you afraid? I was afraid of punishment many times. I was afraid of failing. I'm on this journey too with you. Let's gather our courage together and face our dragons. Bethany was not able to join us today, but one of my friends who truly understands facing fears is here to discuss our legend. Today's guest is my friend, Melissa Otis. Melissa is passionate about creativity and letting the imagination become the vehicle to see others discover their full potential. She helped build art programs in South Korea, teach fashion sketching classes, worked as a fashion stylist, designed original greeting cards, and displayed her creativity through painting murals. Melissa sees the world as an open canvas to paint and forge beauty wherever she goes. You can find her on Instagram with Melissa, at Melissa underscore Otis, on YouTube with Melissa Otis, and Snapchat with MOtis7. Melissa, thank you for joining us today. It's great to see you. It's great to see you too, and thanks so much for having me again on your show. Just so the audience knows, today's story was written for one of the kids I had in my class I helped many years ago. Melissa is a special friend who has deep thoughts and wisdom, and she's a perfect person to converse with to unpack this story. So thank you, Melissa, for coming again on my show. It's amazing to have you. So without any more talking, let's check out The Storm Dragon. The Storm Dragon. Out in the field, Bethany hopped and skipped around, looking at all the colorful ornaments of the wildflowers. She bent down, touching each one, and felt its softness. The smell was wonderful. A fragrant aroma of life filled the forest. The trees surrounding her were tall evergreens, and the mountains behind them rose high and touched the clouds. Bethany and her family were on a trip visiting the Rocky Mountains. Bethany also had her new present, a digital camera, and took snapshot after snapshot of all the beautiful scenes. She got better and better at her photography, for she was astute at composition, lighting, and design. The ability to see in this way became a new hobby for her. 
As she walked out, her parents and Jeremiah were behind her at the campground fixing the pop-up tent and getting ready for dinner. Jeremiah was hurrying to get all the marshmallows, chocolate, and graham crackers for tonight's campfire. He was excited about being out in the woods. Mom and Dad wanted them to remember this trip. Bethany continued her stroll through the field, and the clouds of a thunderstorm came overhead. The sky grew darker, and the thunderhead rose and turned a deep blue, almost purple color. Bethany was so far away, she didn't hear her dad calling for her to return to the campsite. The experience of the wilderness fixed her attention and focus. But another voice spoke up, a small, delightful chirp. Bethany, Bethany, do you know where you are? She turned around and looked. She saw no one. Bethany thought it was weird to hear a voice in the forest. More curiosity came, however, as up ahead on the other side of the valley was the lake. Here was Eagle Lake. They called it Eagle Lake because from high in the sky, it was similar in shape to a flying eagle. Many people had great stories from boating on this lake. Tourists had caught many fish in the past. Nowadays, there weren't that many caught. Bethany walked up to the sandy shore and picked up a large palm-sized rock that was flat. Following the motion her mom taught her, she threw the flat rock and skipped it across the water. Oop, 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 splash, it sunk into the waters. As she strolled down the shoreline, the little sweet chirp came again. Bethany, Bethany. Bethany stopped dead in her tracks. Hello? What do you want? The small chirping voice cried out. Bethany, do you know where you are? The sound of the voice came from a large white log, bleached from years sitting in the sun. One of its old branches stuck up, and sitting on it was a small robin bird. It was colorful with red on its chest and white and black wings with a reddish-orange head. Bethany, do you know where you are? The little girl's eyes grew wide open as she walked to the bird. Were you talking to me, little bird? What is your name? The robin fluttered his wings and chirped, I am Visionado. I am the one who sees for you. The great king sent me to you, for you have a task at hand. Do you know where you are? Bethany looked concerned. Why did this bird ask if she knew where she was? I am here at the Eagle Lake with my family camping. That's where I am. Visionado fluttered his wings, flew down to the ground and stood in front of her. Yes, that is where you are in the natural world. What do you see in your heart? Why do you always go on these trips? Is it merely a vacation? What do you see? Now Bethany knew that Visionado asked something important. She had heard about her friends Maddie, Katie, and Hannah who met the Lady of the Wind. See the story, the three young girls. That great being gave them many gifts to see, but maybe there was more. Bethany asked, where do you want me to look? Visionado flapped his wings, took to the air, and flew above the waters of the lake. Visionado circled and brooded over the waters, just like he did in the beginning of time. Peer into the deep. What do you see? Bethany kicked off her shoes and socks and waded into the shallow waters of the lake. Just as she stepped out, the tall, dark clouds in the sky crackled with lightning and booms of thunder. Bethany looked down into the waters. At first, she saw the mountain's reflection in the sky. As she peered more and more, though, she saw countless fish swimming around below the surface. 
I see fish inside the waters of the deep, she cried out. Vigenata flew and fluttered. Very good. What else do you see? Bethany continued to look. Inside the waters, the fish that swam turned gold and shined bright like the sun. And just after that, a huge boom of thunder and lightning as the bolt struck a tree across the lake. Bethany became afraid. Fear not the lightning of the enemy, dear Bethany, cautioned Visionado. This is mere intimidation. Continue to see. The golden fish swam around and around and soon encircled her. I see the fish turning to gold and they are all around me. What is going on? asked Bethany. You are seeing my treasure, said the bird. Inside the deep waters are my treasure, my desire, and my promise to the people of the world. You see my gold in the fish. At first you saw the mountains in the storm, but as you looked deep inside the storm, you saw my treasure. But why do they circle and swim around me? Visionado landed on Bethany's hand, dancing and hopping around. They draw near you, for you chose to walk into the deep and see for them. You have a sight and you have a voice inside of you. My voice speaks in the form of this little bird, but I want you to listen to my voice within your heart. Do you know where you are? Bethany held up Visionado to her eyes. Yes, I can see now. You want me to see the fish as your treasure and help them see too. Exactly, chirped the bird with cheerful delight. Kaboom! Thunder and lightning blew across the sky above them. Bethany became afraid and looked up to the sky. Inside the dark clouds, something collected. Bethany started for the shoreline. As she ran, she looked behind her. The dark clouds spun and swirled. It wasn't a tornado, but it looked like a dark cloud in the shape of a flying dragon. This was the storm dragon, and it flew right after her. Bethany let go of Visionado, who fluttered and tried to keep up. Wait, Bethany, wait! There is more here in the storm! Bethany grabbed her socks and shoes, ran back to the field of wildflowers, and tried to head back to camp. Visionado caught up and fluttered in front of her face. Wait! Stop! Look! Bethany halted her run and stood her ground. She turned around, still afraid, and faced the storm. In front of her flew the dark clouds formed by the wind, and the storm dragon snarled and moved back and forth like a lion in a cage. Visionado flew to Bethany's right shoulder and whispered, This storm dragon will always chase you if you run, but if you stop and resist, he will retreat. Speak to the storm dragon. What do I say? asked Bethany with fear inside her voice. Speak what you saw in the deep waters. Speak the promise and identify the treasure in the storm. Bethany collected the images of everything she had seen. She remembered how Visionado said it was a storm of intimidation. She held her hand up against the storm dragon. In the name of the mighty king, I tell you what I saw. I saw fish in the deep, the golden treasure, and the promises of the king. I no longer saw just the mountains. I saw within the deep. Now, Storm Dragon, you must flee, for I declare this treasure to the world, and you cannot chase me anymore. I stand my ground, and I speak what I hear and what I see. Visionado here is my guide, and I see within you, Storm Dragon, a lie. 
You are nothing but dust and shadows, winds of the air, and storms of the sea. You have no substance, and I see within you my opportunity to see and to win. You cannot take this treasure. You cannot take the golden fish of the deep. They belong to the king. The storm dragon slithered and snarled, and the clouds that made it dissolved away. The thunderheads and the dark sky returned to the sunny day, and the wind stopped. The cool air became warm, and peace came to the valley of wildflowers. Bethany's dad hopped up next to her. Bethany, did you hear me calling? Where were you? Bethany hugged her dad and cried out, I saw the storm and ran to you, but I could see the treasure in the storm. Visionado helped me. Dad asked, Visionado? Yes, my little bird. He spoke to me. Bethany looked and saw the little bird fly high into the sky and into the sun. He seemed to wave back at her, but Bethany's dad picked her up and held her in his arms. He said, I think it's time to listen to me instead. Let Visionado help you the next time. Come on, kiddo. Jeremiah is waiting to make some s'mores. Okay, smiled Bethany. And with that, father and daughter raced across the field of wildflowers to the campground, and the afternoon sky became a golden red. Bethany and her family all sat in lawn chairs and watched the new fire lit in the campground. Bethany thought to herself, what a great vacation. Do I know where I am? I am with my family, and I can see and I can hear. I do. Inceptio. Well, there it is, the storm dragon. Wow, I mean, it's I've heard it a few times already, and it just hits me every time. I get chills, and I love that wow. story. Great. What is it about this story that gives you those chills? What What's hitting your heart? How's it speaking to you? you know, it's the imagery that happens. It's where the storm is brewing, and then this the voice. They just say, "I choose," and this is what I see, and. And in that, when that when that girl chooses, this is what I see. And then it dissipates. It's like, I see through you. And just, I mean, intimidation, fleeing. And it's, just, it's amazing. It's just a great reminder that our voice and what we say and what we declare really matters. And it really does shift things in our life. And not just in the story, but in life, too. Wow, that's a, just a it's a great summary of, of the takeaway. Let's break it down. Um, so when Bethany's in this you know, field of wildflowers, she's taking photographs, and I, it's a small moment in the story, but you know she has this ability to take pictures, and I think that that little nugget right there is a big key for her character and for us in the audience because she has a certain sight, she has an eye for things, and I think that that we all need to know what are we looking at and what is the, uh, how do we perceive things? And can you talk about Melissa, like what is it about the ability to see? You know, I've learned about that there's this thing called sight and then there's insight. Can you talk about what you think the difference of seeing is versus insight? Absolutely. I mean, I can kind of take it back to my art classes. So, you know, we, we look at pieces of art and like, oh, that looks good. I like it. We don't really know why we like it, but it takes someone to break it down and say, this is actually what's happening. This kind of movement, these type of colors, this type of leading your eye around and, and actually framing it in this particular way and actually training your eye to see 
why it's something that's appealing to to the senses. We all have an eye for art or something that looks beautiful, but we don't know exactly why. And so just opening up our eyes and beginning to notice the little details, wow, these colors work together. This creates this kind of movement. This creates these kind of feelings. And then being able to critique it in a way where you learn all the different critique words. I think <laughs> kind of one of the major distinctions that we have, I think that we all can see, but I think that if we, we can hone in on those skills and we can actually learn to see deeper and understand why we're seeing what we're seeing and be able to put words to just something that's just a feeling or just maybe more ethereal, but no, there's right. a reason why we see something. There's a reason why we have a feeling or reaction to something. So people get paid a lot of money for visual merchandising, for helping you to buy things. I mean, they, they understand this, that there's a reason why we're drawn to things and the reason why we're not. Sure. And, and that's uh, like looking and breaking down the natural uh, an image and art form. But also sometimes looks can be deceiving. And you mentioned emotion. You know, sometimes we're given information or we're uh, seeing something happen in front of our eyes that makes us afraid, uh, make us panic or, 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 or actually deceive us into believing something that's not true. And often those emotions are so powerful, right? Um, but they can get in the way of truly seeing and having that insight. So what do you think about insight? Why is that better than just seeing? I think insight is something that really draws you forward. Insight is something mm. much more deep. Um, I just had an experience just recently. I, I've been taking trapeze classes. And I've been, you know, it's one thing to just watch somebody to go and jump off and do these cool tricks on this trapeze. And it's another thing to actually get up the ladder and do it yourself. And it's, it is perception in a way where it's like, I could look at two things and I, I could look at how far I'm going to drop. I can look at what I'm losing. I can look at all of the things that could go wrong, the intimidation of it. And that's all very real. It's, mm. it's a real thing. Um, but I had a very big epiphany where I said, you know what? I'm not going to look at what I'm losing. I'm going to look at what I'm gaining. And mm. instructions in that case were to just focus on just focus on looking at your hands in that case for that particular trick. And don't focus on looking at where you're going to the person. I mean, making that connection happen. And when you hear the sound, you just let go. And and it works. It works every time if you follow the timing. And so that's just wow. things that, that I learned was was to just not focus on what I'm losing and what I see in front of me. The intimidation of, and really, I, I struggled to let go. They were like, let go? Mm. No. And then I just kept swinging and then just slowly lost my momentum until I made that decision of I'm not focusing on what I'm losing. And I think that's part of that's with insight is focusing on where you're going and gaining and the rich and the depth of that, as opposed to the fear and the intimidation, which I mean, they talked about in the story that right. has run away from the things that really bring us delight. And in this case, the little girl, she had delight in the beauty of things, the natural beauty, the things mm. not everybody sees and looking deeper into situations. And, and so, but she would have ran from that if she listened to that intimidation and that fear. That's great. I mean, I mean, the fact that you're doing trapeze, is, is, <laughs> I, I would never do that. The most but, terrifying but, and exciting thing I've ever done. 
Oh, definitely. <laughs> and and, and that, that speaks about fear and, and about seeing and, and talk about timing and letting go. And it's amazing. Uh, very brave of you and courageous. And I think courage um, is very important. You know, when you're feared with, filled with fear and you have intimidation, you have circumstances, a story of, of uh, it's, a, it's intimidation is what the story tells us. And, um, and so it's very important to be able to see in the midst of that intimidation. Uh, and I think that, um, you, you know how when you're in water and you can see the reflection uh, on the water surface, mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. in the story, she sees the, the sky and the mountains and the storm. But if you look a little deeper, you can see the fish. And I think it's very important that that's the treasure that's in the storm. So I have a question. Um, what can you talk sure. about? What are the treasures for you when you look deeper in the midst of intimidation and fear? How, how do you find those treasures? And it's interesting because for Bethany, when she saw the fish, they began to shine and to glow. Uh, how do you um, discover treasure in the midst of fear? You know, it's kind of taking a step back and just and just looking and and it does it takes a, a focus shift where I'm either going to focus on all that's difficult and hard and all the things that I just make me want to run or I could sit and I can quiet things down and I can start to just really list out the things you know what there is a lot of good and I just have to look for it. I just have to find it and then actually it's really amazing once you start to hone in on actually you know this is really great I got this job and it was really a it wasn't my ideal job but actually this job was the best thing for me in this situation and I didn't know hmm. you start to look and you look back and wow that moment actually it didn't feel great at the time but that actually was a stepping stone into my next my next step or a very important meeting with some hmm. another opportunity and I think it's just a perspective shift where you look at those things and suddenly it's wow there's so much good and then with that perspective shift suddenly you get this courage that bubbles up and like in the trapeze thing, I'm going to do this. I'm going to jump and I'm going to do this. And nobody's going to stop me. Nothing is going to stop wow. me except for just, this is it. My mind is made up. And when I, I read this quote, actually, it related to when I followed through and I actually did the, the quote, I mean, the, the trapeze trick. And this quote was, I've learned in my life that when my mind is made up, that I let go of fear. Wow. I think that that really speaks to a lot of our situations. When we make up our mind and say, this is how it is, no question, <laughs> then suddenly, wait, I was afraid of, what was I afraid of? And then <laughs> it really just changes your perspective and it just, it launches you. And then I can't even tell you. So there's this part where you're flying upside down, you're holding upside down, and then you let go and it's just a blind let go. And then you're basically backwards and you let go and then they catch you. There's a split second right in between where I let go and they're going to catch me and you're flying. And the reality of that is, is the moment that we let go of the fear of what we're losing, of what's lost, what's in the background, what's behind us, where we're going, how things are going to fit together. Once we let go of that and we listen to the cue and the momentum where and actually, it feels like you're holding on for too long, but they say, oh, that's their cue. And you let go, and there's a split second, and you're flying, and there's nothing in between 
the bar of what was, and there's nothing. You're just in the air. And then they catch you, and then it's all as normal. But Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't even describe how impactful that moment was because it was a decision. Because a couple of weeks before, I definitely was not following the instructions, and I was not letting go, and I did not. I had a lot of bloopers on video, <laughs> me falling down. But I made a decision, and that decision just changed everything. And it wasn't this, I'm roaring on top of the the ladder. I'm going to do this. Wow. Just an internal. That's it. That's all I'm going to do. And oh my gosh, I flew. That's, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just getting. I'm picturing it in my mind as I'm listening to. You, like I'm getting all scared too. You know. Uh, <laughs> but I think I think that there's a couple of things I can take away from what you're saying. One is. Uh, of, of, that you'd made the decision. So what's the opposite of that? Well, people can be complaining or procrastinating or delaying or or um, being fearful and, and being negative. And, 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 and really And distracting yourself. Mm -hmm. Sure. That to, to hide. Oh, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And actually you're creating all of this clutter in your life that is not allowing you to sit and make those decisions. It's really easy to do. It's really easy to just get oh. cluttered with things or yeah. cluttered with, oh, I'm going to just immerse myself in all these things and forget about, oh, wait, I don't want to think about any of that thing. So, but in a way, it's you're running w without feeling like you're running. <laughs> Uh, that's true. It's like, you know, when Bethany uh, starts running away from the dragon that's flying after her and Visionado, the bird says, stop, look, look at what you're what you're running away from. If you just speak to it. And it's interesting because you had said that other people knew uh, how trapeze works. Well, mm -hmm. doesn't that mean that other people have done this before? Or someone may not have done your exact thing that you're afraid of in your circumstance, but other people have faced trial and tribulation before. And if you follow through, you're going to be okay, right? And I think mm -hmm. that that's interesting that we can learn from other people through their adventure, through their mistakes, through their successes, through their choices, and we can emulate that in our own lives. Um, so let's talk about when she turned around. She got the courage and she said, I see in the fish, I see in the waters, and I declare the treasure of the king. And I think that's interesting because for her, she overcame by declaring what she saw. And so can you talk about the importance of speaking and decreeing and what is it that you're speaking? Is it, are you speaking the truth, something else? What, what do you think about that? How do you use that in your own life? I mean, I, I love that imagery and I love that. And, and I love that the courage rose from reminding herself of what she saw. And I think that we underplay the power of of what we've seen and especially when we remind ourselves of the good things or or the bigger possibilities i think we underplay how positive and how powerful that, that actually can be and there's been times where it's been a really tough tough season and i had to sit down and be what's good in this season and then that became my reality no matter no matter what i saw around me my reality became no but the deepest part of who i am I know that this is the reality. These are the good things, and this is what I'm going to tolerate. And I'm not going to burden myself by things that are, which are my circumstances, but they're not fully my circumstances because the reality is the better things that I 
I had to sit down and, and see. But to decree that and to declare that, it's I'm going back to being an artist. So being able to take an image in your mind and say it without anybody else seeing it, and then to create it on paper, to create it mm-hmm. on video or film or in music. And that's something we do without even realizing we're all that artist where we're taking something that only we see and everybody else says that's impossible. That's ridiculous. Why are you going to say that? I, I can't see that. But yeah, as an artist, we know what we see. We know what we know. And being able to learn to trust that and to say that and to create something beautiful with that. And then not only that, but once you create that piece of music, that film, that that art piece, it actually opens up the floodgates and it it tears down the walls behind you for people to walk through with that same kind of confidence and courage. So really you're creating a pathway for people to walk mm. for if you choose to trust the what you see and what you know to be true for yourself and to demonstrate it in a way where other people can see it, regardless of the naysayers. And right. then just make a way for people to triumph through with you. Like after I did that that trapeze class, I mean, that was the most amazing experience, but it gave me language and rhetoric to walk through and say, look, I understand when you let go, this is what it feels like. This is physically what it feels like. And it gave me words of something that I internally decided. And so that's what I think when we make those declaration decrees of what we see and of the good things, we really do recreate and redistribute and repaint our reality to become what we want it to be in the way that, no, there's actually a lot of great things that can come forward if we just have the time to look, we just have the space. If we don't run from our circumstances, the glooming circumstances, and we say, you know what, there's actually better things in the midst of this horrible situation. (laughs) There's something that I can grow from, and there's a diamond in the rough that we just have to take the time to search for. That's uh, well spoken and just a beautiful tapestry of what you described there is amazing. And it also, you know, when you talk about being an artist and, 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 and creating something that no one's seen before, uh, it's almost like there's a, 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 a dynamic opposite. There's a vision or, or faith, what you see, and then the fear and the naysayers, the negativity. And mm-hmm. I think that um, when we're creating something or or we're in a situation that there doesn't seem to be an apparent solution at that time, we have to either be afraid and, and, and lock up, or we see in our heart what is really the promise or the outcome we need or believing for, like someone who's sick in the hospital or someone who needs a job or money, whatever, or creating. All of that comes from what we see in our heart, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when we have to face the fear or the naysayers or people who are, who are, they may not see correctly. They may be deceived in believing their own lies. And oh, that's another thing. Um, one of the things that Bethany decreed is says, "I see in you a lie, and my opportunity to win." Um, so, Melissa, what about lies? Can you talk about why lies are so vital? to overcome in the midst of uh, adversity? Like, what do you think about lies? Mm-hmm. Well, on a psycho- psychological level, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why we, we build constructs of 
our reality. So for instance, uh, I had these circumstances in my life, which painted people in this way, which paints this situation in this way, our lenses, we all have them. We all have lenses. And so lies, you know, they feel very real. I Mm. think that this person's rejecting me because people just reject me because that's a construct. That's a lens that I have, but actually that's not true. I'm creating that because I'm, that's how I view the world. And so when you, when you do dismantle a lie and you say, no, actually, that's not true. That's not truth. There's something really powerful that happens where you can disengage and cut your, yourself from that cord of hmm. saying, I won't see myself and I won't see this situation or future situations through this lens. But once you have the, the verbiage to say, wow, that was a lie. Then you can stop and say, you know what, now I have the power, I have the tools, I have the resources to look at my situations differently. And then to apply like that is my opportunity. That lie is my opportunity to say, you know what, no, I'm not rejected. And to say the opposite, no, I, I'm I'm capable, I'm I'm loved. People want to be around me, no one's gonna leave me. But those those fears feel very real. And that's one thing, you know, it is real because it feels real. But in the bigger sense, it's, it is a lie. So I think that to be able to combat that lie and say, wow, that, that actually held me back for all those years. Right. I, I held back in these particular ways and no more. And the once that rises up in you, no more, <laughs> that's when you can turn it around and say no more. And not only for me, but for everybody behind me, because I'm better be talking about this so other people know that it's okay to be afraid and to be fearful, but that it's not truth and that there's a there's a, something else, a cure to move and to be free from those ties and those cords of fear and lies. Um, but I do think it takes a little bit of time to be a little introspective and to know where it came from and then to to kind of put those pieces back together and then say, but that doesn't define me right now. Oh. That's amazing. It's almost like doing it afraid, you know, where you may have fear and emotion, but sometimes you just got to go, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. kind of like with your, your trapeze thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about some final thoughts here? Uh, what are the things about the story that you can talk about that would encourage our audience and, and give us a takeaway overall, the whole thing? Like, wh- what do you think that... Um, children adults all of us uh, whatever age we are what is it the what can we leave with there well on kind of a a simple level i think it would be just to take more time to look at things to lighting hits a certain piece of furniture or the lighting hits the trees or i mean just the beauty in the simplicity of things and not only that but to layer it to actually, what do I see in this person? What's amazing? What are things that I want to say about this person? And just begin to just build this this plethora of things that you just look at. Because I guarantee you, and as an artist, I can relate to this as well, but the more you look at things, the more you see. And hmm. the more I look at the lighting, the more I look at the shadows, the highlights, the the way that the colors merge together, and just in natural life, the way that I look at a person and and see, wow, this part of them, and this is how they interact with people, and these are all these good things. And the more that I see, the more that I value, the more that I appreciate, 
And the more that I can relate that to my life and to see deeper into my circumstances. And one other way is that when you get that courage to just move and go, it honestly is more fun than sitting in fear. So those that class of the trapeze class where I was afraid to let go wasn't that fun. It just wasn't that fun at all. And I was just, I was so stubborn. And there was one time in this class where I did let go and I was like, I'm letting go. But it, it wasn't enough for me to fully do it. So then the next class was, you know what, I'm going to just do this despite of my fear. And I, you know, what? it was just way more fun. And then, and then I had the thought, why did I not do this sooner? Why did I not go sooner? Because this is more fun letting go than it is holding on. And that was just a picture of the things that I'm holding on in my life. It's just way more fun to just let it go. Easier done, but really do it with that courage and that internal resolve to just, you know, I made up my mind and I'm just going for it. And then to live in that place, There's a lot of beauty there, and there's a lot of ownership that happens in that place where Mm. I accomplished it, I saw what I needed to see, and now I'm the new. Oh, Melissa, that's just that's an amazing real life takeaway for for your your trapeze experiences, the things you overcome, and how how we can learn from that. And I think that. uh, it's just beautiful. So thank you so much for being my guest today on our podcast. And I think for me, my takeaway is this, is that um, not only do we need to observe life and things artistically and beautifully, we need to look at ourselves as well. And we need to not believe the lies that we tell ourselves about who we are and that we are gold and we are treasure inside ourselves our little our soul and our spirit and our body and who we are and the truth of who we are and i think that um we can look at ourselves correctly with truth and also believe who we are and and like you know it's not like i just feel uh this i am this i it's not a a a feeling it's 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 a belief system Mm -hmm. and i think that that believing who we are is our identity and looking at our circumstances and our life the way you talked about, about seeing the truth and going for it. I think that that is a, a recipe for success. And hopefully we don't ever get stuck and trapped in fear ever again. So um, th- once again, thank you, Melissa, for being my guest on today's episode. Uh, and so uh, to our audience, thank you for listening and watching and for continuing to be part of our podcast. And we'll hope that you enjoy the next one. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for watching and enjoying the Storm Dragon. Thanks for joining us today on the Legends of the Wind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and hit the bell button to be alerted of future episodes. And don't forget... Our stories are found here in life and beyond the imagination. Now you can finish your story. Keep dreaming, keep believing, and we'll see you again in our next episode of Legends of the Wind. Audiobooks and merchandise are available at legendsofthewind.com. Go and check it out.